This is the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is your host, Amanda Phila. I'm a crunchy mom who loves God, my family, essential oils, and simple ways to healthier living. Me before I had kids or even um, when I was having kids number one, two, three, four, even five, I would have probably thought you were crazy. <laughs> uh, I think it's something that it is almost like a, it has kind of a stigma with it. Um, it's becoming a little bit more normalized, but for centuries, home birth was the only way to birth. And most commonly, um, when you, whether you were having your first baby or you were having your 10th baby, the women in that community, um, you had kind of your midwife, um, not really by like doctoral standards, so to speak, but you had the midwife people of the community, the older women who would help the new moms or the, you know, seasoned moms deliver their babies and they came together. And so a lot of like the midwife practices and the doula practices come from that community of support that women rallied together and helped one another enter into this journey we call motherhood. So it was only about a hundred years ago that women started or I should say birth, started to become more medical. And it's kind of a sad, when you look at the history of birth, it's kind of sad where it's, you know, where it's gone. And in, obviously there are cases and places and things that you need to consider when considering having a home birth. But for the most part, it's not like the infant mortality or the mother's mortality rates actually got any better by moving it to a hospital because... At that point in time, when they started moving it to hospitals, it was men who were taking care of the women, and men didn't have babies, so they didn't have that experience. They didn't have they didn't have the same feel that you were getting previously. Now, obviously, in certain medical situations, doctors could help, babies could be saved, things like that. And obviously, I see a trend where more doctors are trying to have that birth center experience versus just a maternity ward where women go to have babies. So if you're looking to kind of look into the history of it, there was a documentary. It's called The Business of Being Born, and I found it very eye-opening and kind of both sides of the spectrum to learn more of the history of birth and how and how it evolved and how it changed and how it's kind of going back, you know, to what it used to be. So anywho... Um, not everybody should have a home birth. That being said, those who are considering having it should think about a few things before uh, deciding in, in that discernment period whether it's the right thing for you. So my story with it all is I was learning more and more natural things. If you've followed me for any length of time or you know me in real life, um, we had five babies in the hospital. Once we had our fourth baby, I started digging into homeopathy um, we started eating a little bit healthier around second and third baby and kind of questioning things, what we were currently doing, if that was really the right path to be on. And then by the time baby number five came along, I was like, I wasn't induced. Well, I was actually induced with her, but I didn't have an epidural and I tried to do things more natural. And then we had baby number six. And when I had baby number six, um, actually, after baby number five, I decided, you know, I really love birth. I really love having babies. I love helping people have babies. I love 
educating people on different options that they had. Cause like I said, we had started digging more into homeopathy and herbs. And then I was introduced to essential oils. And so I was just like, but I'm not going to have more babies. <laughs> I want to help other people have babies. So I went and started my doula certification. And when I started that, I found out shortly thereafter that we were expecting baby number six. And um, I wanted to do things really, really natural with him, even more natural than I had done with baby number five. And so it was around the 28-week mark that I had switched care from a OBGYN um, that I had been with for, well, actually, I was with a new OBGYN because mine had left at that point in time. But I just... I went into my 28-week appointment, and I had learned all these new things. Like, I wanted delayed cord clamping, and I wanted, you know, skin to skin, and I wanted X, Y, and Z. I didn't want to have an epidural. I didn't want to be induced. I didn't want this, that, and the other. And they kind of, like, looking at my history, being induced five times, um, all the things that came with it, they were kind of like, well, you know, we'll try, but... And I kept thinking, by the time I left that appointment, I was thinking... They're telling me already at 28 weeks that I might not get the things I want with my birth. I can almost guarantee I'm not going to get them when I actually comes to having my birth. So, and when you're giving birth, you don't want to be the one sitting there saying, you know, you're not in the right mindset, I should say, to be kind of arguing or pushing your point. And so you want a provider that's going to be behind you and supporting you in those decisions. So anyway, I looked into other options. I was going to get a doula. And through the uh, process of finding my own doula, I kind of opened the door to having a home birth, which at that point in time, my husband was like, are you crazy? We're not having a home birth. Only, <laughs> only weird people do that. He didn't say exactly that, but that was kind of his thought process. And so we um, kind of went down that road. We found a birth center. Uh, we found a midwife. And so pretty much the birth center experience is like having a home birth, but it's just not at your home. And so he was okay with that. So that was how we went from being, um, I guess you could say, a regular person having a, whole, you know, a hospital birth to what we ended up doing, which was um, going down the home birth pathway. And our first one was number six with a midwife in a birth center. So kind of have to know why. Why do you want to have a home birth? What is your reasoning for it? Um, some people do it because it empowers them. Some people do it because they really want the, their birth their way. Some people do it because they don't like hospitals. They don't like the doctor feeling. And honestly, there's a lot that goes behind it um, emotionally. Like if you're in a place that you're not comfortable and you're not relaxed, it can affect your birth in very in a whole gamut of ways. So you want to make sure Wherever you're giving birth, you're comfortable, you feel safe, you feel like what you're going to do is going to be the right thing. So knowing your why, if it's, if it's for fears, if it's for comfort, if it's for empowerment, if it's for security, knowing your why is going to help you determine if home birth is what you want to do or if it's a you know birth center birth or if it ends up being you know a hospital birth, whatever. And if you're afraid, and I've told this to other people because... <laughs> Like I said, I personally would have never thought I would have been one to have a home birth had you asked me this 18 years ago, but I did. And now I'm not like this huge advocate for home birth, but I think it's worth checking into if that is what you so desire. And so when I talk to people, I say, 
if you're not comfortable with a home birth, by all means, you should not have a home birth because if you're going through this home birth thing and you're fearful and you're worried and you're whatever, that is going to affect your labor and your delivery and how everything turns out. So you do not want to be in that place. So I always tell people, do with what do what you're comfortable with. Do where your comfort level is and never put yourself in a situation where you're fearful. So knowing your why is really big. Um, overcoming misconceptions. So this is another thing. We watch Hollywood movies. Um, we've been told stories by people. And maybe we've been through some traumatic events ourselves. And sometimes when we're going through the birthing process, a lot of those things can come back and kind of rear their ugly heads. So we need to be able to work through whatever past experiences we had, whether it was some sort of physical, emotional, sexual trauma that we personally went through, whether it was seeing these movies with these women screaming and, you know, no relief, whatever, or if it was just other people's stories and, you know, that is causing you fear. So going through those things and realizing the truth of birth and how it is what your, you know, God made your body to do it and that you don't have to fear it, but kind of ghost busting some of those misconceptions that we have seen, heard, or been taught and moving past some of those traumas. And I've even talked to moms who have had a traumatic birth because, you know, things didn't go as planned. Maybe they've had a loss. Um, Whatever the story may be, there is some sort of fear. Even when I look back at our last baby, um, when our eighth one was born, we had had friends who had lost children. And And I kind of like, we had had losses, we'd had miscarriages and stuff, but our miscarriages were always pretty early on. Everything went okay, and it's not that we ever forget, but it wasn't, it wasn't overly traumatic, whereas when we see a friend who loses a child that's eight, nine years old in this traumatic way, we see um, friends who are 24 weeks or full term and losing a baby. Those are things of trauma, or even having um, somebody who knew from their 20-week ultrasound to the point when their baby was born that Baby was safe inside, but not safe outside. So all of those things play into our misconceptions, and we need to overcome them, or we need to move past them. And not even a misconception in that in that manner, but what our experiences were, we need to move past those fears. So whether it is seeking counseling, whether it is going through like an emotional release, but we need to face those fears and be over them before it comes time to birth, because birth can rear its it, those, um, those experiences and it can be, it can be hard. It can cause a longer labor. It can, um, hinder us from getting from, you know, that two centimeters and <laughs> to the eight, 10 centimeters where we're ready to deliver. So all those fears can actually put a damper on it. So it's really important when we are, whether you're birthing in a hospital or doing a home birth, but overcoming misconceptions, and being ready to birth a child and having the right mindset when you're going into it. Another thing that's um, really powerful, no matter what you're doing, is envisioning. So whether you are running a race, whether you're working towards a fitness goal, whether you have life goals, um, debt goals, having, envisioning where you're going is huge. And a lot of uh, experts out there will say, like even people that do Olympic races, 
they um, take pictures of the entire track and they envision themselves running that race and winning and, you know, getting the gold medal and all that jazz. So the same thing comes when we are going through birth. If we can envision our birth, we can envision the birth we want. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean that everything's going to turn out perfectly, but the more we run through that visualization, the more real it becomes and the more it prepares us for the birth. One thing I like to recommend to people is a book called Hypnobirthing. Um, there's actually, a, you know, you've heard of Lamaze and all those other methods. Hypnobirthing is a method all um, in and of itself, has a lot to do with affirmations, and it has a lot to do with visualization. Now, you're not actually hypnotized during this process, but you get yourself to be in a relaxed state so it prepares you better for birth. And it's a way to envision your birth and go through the birth. So um, you can actually Google and see if you have a hypnobirthing instructor near you. If you do, it would probably be very beneficial. I didn't actually go through the birthing course myself, but I did read the book. And I did a lot of their um, meditative breathing that would help prepare me for for the upcoming birth. So envisioning your birth and being prepared. The next step is hiring a midwife. So when you're having a home birth, you don't have an OB anymore. You have a midwife. And there's lots of options out there. Um, I always recommend doing your research, um, interviewing the, the midwives, asking the hard questions, like what is your transfer rate? Um, what are your certifications? Do you want a licensed practical midwife? Or do you want a... Um, nurse midwife that has their nursing degree? Are they, uh, what is their experience? Do they have neonatal um, resuscitation certification? Um, what kind of, uh, what different types of things do they carry with them in case of an emergency? What would they do in certain situations? Um, anything that you feel is important and you want to know if they're ready to deal with, ask them those questions. They are more than willing to answer them. How much experience have they have? How long have they been doing it? What is their transfer rate? All of those. So anything that's important to you in knowing before you get into this, it's important that you ask them so that you're comfortable with them. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there is a totally different feel when you're going with a home birthing midwife than when you are with an OB. So I had the majority of my kids with an OB, but most of my visits when I went for an OB, I would go in, you would get weighed, sometimes you had blood work, you know, every once in a while I had to pee in a cup, you would walk back, you'd get weighed, you get your blood pressure, and then you usually got a sheet of paper, here's your baby's development, um, do you have any questions, you know, they'd answer your questions, and you were in and out, typically within 20 minutes, maybe 30 if it was, you know, if you had more questions. Um, when I switched to, and, and this is my experience, so obviously there's going to be different experiences for people out there. But when I switched to midwifery care um, and had a midwife, they were asking me about my true nutrition. What was I doing for daily exercise? You know, was I having any A, B, and C? These are the things to look for. These are the things we want to know. Did you have any, you know, have you had any headaches? Did you have any blurred vision? Did you have this, that, and the other? All of these things you need to call us and let us know right away. Um, when I was with our local center, our, you know, our local clinic, they had a few uh, midwives there. Um, they did not deliver babies anymore. They aren't allowed at our local hospital to deliver babies. But you could see them in clinic. Um, but there very much was, here's your binder for your pregnancy. Every week you get, or every time you come in, you get your little bit of information. So 
I really felt, and this could be just because this is the midwife I chose, but this, there was a lot more care put into it. And instead of waiting until there was a problem, they were telling you ways to prevent it by eating certain foods, by, you know, doing certain things. This is going to, you know, prevent you from, you know, having or could help prevent you from having things like gestational diabetes or, you know, watching these foods that you're taking in or doing certain activities and having certain supplements. And so knowing your provider, asking those hard questions and being completely comfortable with them because they... You're, you know, you are doing the same thing um, you would with an OB. And a lot of times I feel like you don't always get to choose your OB because they're full or have too many clients. So sometimes you even get put in those situations. And the way it works at our hospital is you get the on-call. You don't necessarily get your OB. That's not always the case when you go to midwifery care with mine. It's like you chose your midwife. And they do partner with other midwives, but almost... Like 90% of the time, your midwife is going to be there for your delivery, which was not the case when we had an OB. So those are just some things to think about when you are going through the process to hire a midwife. <clears throat> then there's also gathering your people. And what I mean by gathering your people is who do you want to be at your birth? A lot of times we'll have friends, moms, mother-in-laws, um, doulas, uh, husbands, whatever, but you want to make sure whoever you're inviting into your birth and whoever you're having there, you don't have to have anybody there. That is one thing. This is your birth and you need to be completely comfortable. So if your mother or your mother-in-law maybe are not supportive of a home birth or maybe don't like the, this, that, and the other, they don't want you to have a water birth, they don't want you to do this or whatever, they shouldn't probably be there then. This is something for you to discern and think about, but you want people that are going to be uplifting you this throughout this process. You want somebody who's there to support your decisions and not somebody who's going to be there questioning them. So for me, it was my husband, my midwife, um, her birth attendant for most of them, and then um, my doula. And so that was all I wanted there. I didn't want anybody else there. I trusted everybody that I had invited in. I interviewed my doula. I was very comfortable with her. And that was my safe space. And I knew everybody there was there to support me and knew exactly what I was looking for in a birth. We had that discussion. I had it written out. We went over it. And did everything always turn out exactly like that? No. But it was followed very closely, as close as it could be, dealing with whatever situations arose during that birth. So preparing, um, preparing for your birth and knowing who you're going to have there. And then also preparing for the postpartum. This is something that often gets forgotten because we're excited. We're going to have a baby. But then we have the baby and maybe or we're going to be having a baby. Do we have somebody that maybe is willing to watch? If you have other kids, watch your kids for a couple of days so you can get into the adjustment of having this new baby? Um, is your husband going to be home for a little bit? Are you considering a postpartum doula? Because those are becoming more and more popular. Somebody that's going to come in and help with things, whether it be dishes or cleaning or taking care of the kids. Um, so do you have a meal train or meal set up so that, you know, maybe you don't have to worry about meals for those first that first week or two after the baby is born? So just some of the things to put into place are what you're going to do postpartum for a support system. Um, if you have other kids, if you, you know, if somebody's willing to set up a meal train for you so that you have those meals covered. Maybe you do freezer meals. Maybe you live 
further out where there aren't a lot of people or you don't have a really good support system, setting up those freezer meals so that you know you can grab something out of the freezer and dump it in the crock pot and you're good to go. But preparing for that postpartum so that you aren't feeling any extra stress than is normal um, once baby is, you know, here and arrived. So I hope that by looking through some of these areas, um, it helps you, A, get a better grip on your birth in general, whether you're having a home birth, a birth center birth, or a hospital birth, and maybe shed some light on the option of a home birth because it is becoming a little bit more popular. Women are starting to take um, their, their birth back and not be told what they have to do. And it's important to be guided because we do have people who are you know, trained in these areas, but you also want it to align with what you know is right in your heart. So be informed, educate yourself and those who will be helping you through this um, birthing process and the journey into motherhood and just be your own advocate. So as always, thanks for listening. This is podcast number 44, Home Birth. If you um, have any questions or comments, please let me know. Otherwise, I hope this sheds some light on the home birth option. And as always, be grateful, have faith, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Simple Blessings and Oils. Visit me at simpleblessingsandoils.com or on Facebook at Simple Blessings and Oils. Simple Blessings and Oils is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. 